We just thank you for your goodness and grace, your blessings in our lives. We, uh, Lord, thank you for the rain and the sunshine. We thank you uh, for the fact that we know that you are the one that's doing the work. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that were given, each one just uh, another way, another facet of your goodness in our lives. Lord, we thank you and praise you for being such a good and great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come to Bibles. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and we'll finish what we started last Sunday night, Lord willing. And... Uh, I'm sorry, did I say Ephesians? I meant Galatians, I'm sorry. And we believe in missions and we'll be sending them on down the road tonight with a a love offering to help them on their way. And uh, you keep praying. Uh, We'll... uh, one of the things I'm, we're going to have to do, and I just want you to pray about this, we have several uh, things that have developed with our missionary family. Right now we support about 73 or 4 different missions, I think. And so, uh, Lord willing, uh, while we're traveling uh, next week, we'll be able to make some phone calls and try to get some contacts and work things out. Uh, do want to report that uh, uh, after sending out our... Uh, April um, missionary support checks, uh, we have 6000 of of the $7,000 we promised to Heartland in our bank account. So we praise the Lord for that. And uh, we'll be able to take that with us. And that is going to be a blessing. And so uh, let's take just a moment and and read through here and and get uh, focused here. But verse 22, verses we know, we're working on just different lists and progressions in the Bible, and certainly this is one we need to spend a little bit of time with, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now, this is the fruit of of the Spirit. That means it's not from you, it's from the Holy Spirit. This is not something you gin up inside yourself. Uh, It's not something that uh, you think about and say, hey, you know, I need to work on love. Uh, I'll tell you what, true love comes from God, for God is love. If the Holy Spirit is working in you, He's going to produce that. If you got a love problem, it's because the Spirit of God has a problem working in your life. The Bible says you can quench the Spirit. You can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. And we went through the first three last week, love, joy, and peace, understanding that this is what God puts in our lives to make us who He needs to make us so He can use us. If He puts love, joy, and peace in our lives, 
This is from God to me. He changes who and what I am. Now he wants me to start reaching out to others. That's where the next three come in. Long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. How many of you have ever had someone in your life, someone you had to work with, someone you had to be with, who was long-suffering toward you? I mean, they put up with you. Uh, They knew that you had problems and they helped you work through those things. And no matter how many times you messed up, they just kept working. How many of you have had the privilege of having someone like that in your life? Uh, Let me tell you, every person here has someone like that in their life. It's called God. Amen? But God doesn't want us the best things in the Bible. They're not for you. They come to you so that you can be that way toward other people. Amen? God is the, God's gifts, uh, a couple of years, several years ago we did this for Christmas. The God's gifts keep giving. Amen? Uh, God's gifts, the thing He gives us, this long-suffering, uh, and, and we've been through this before. How many of you have ever tried to teach someone to do something you do exceptionally well? You say, well, Pastor, that's not hard because I don't do anything exceptionally well. Well, uh, uh, that may be the case, but if you know how to do something well, and you try to start out with a beginning person teaching them the basic rudiments, I'll tell you what, you're going to learn the meaning, the definition of the word frustration. Isn't that true? Because it's so easy. Why? Because you've been doing it for so long. You you have it down. Now you're trying to help someone learn how to do it that doesn't know the first things about what you're doing. You're going to get frustrated. What keeps you from getting frustrated? Long-suffering. Do you know how hard it is for God to teach us how to live the Christian life? I mean, that's something He does exceptionally well. Amen? I mean, Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. And we can put it the almost the opposite way. Uh... We rarely get through a day without sin. In fact, you'll find the harder you try to serve the Lord, the more mistakes and the more problems you're going to see with what you do and how you do it. Boy, it's quiet in here. But that's real life, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit. Here's the definition from the dictionary. Patience. Patient endurance of provocation or trial. Uh, I like the... uh, um, I don't know what you would call it. This definition is the best. It's just long suffering. Guess who does the suffering? You do. Uh, How long do you put up with it? 
Well, Jesus said till 70 times 7. And if you're counting, that's the the inference in there. If you're counting, are you really putting up with it? Uh, The simple truth is, not a one of us, as a human being, can be long-suffering. If we're going to do it, the Holy Spirit's got to do it for us. It's got to be something that He produces. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And you know what the neatest thing about fruit is? Go to Genesis chapter 1. What is the wonderful thing? The definition of fruit whose seed is in itself. You see, fruit was designed to produce more fruit. You can take an apple and cut it open, and in that apple will be several seeds. Hopefully, no worms, right? And uh, you will enjoy that apple, and you can take those seeds and plant them. And and, uh, if you do things correct, you could get six or eight apple trees out of one apple. And how many apples could a tree produce? You see... This is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about a hundredfold. It's that kind, and see, the Holy Spirit will produce long-suffering. And if you can, by the grace of God, learn to develop a taste for this, if we can put that picture in here, an idea of letting God work staying out of the way of the Holy Spirit until this fruit comes to fruition, guess what? You're going to be the recipient. You're going to be able to enjoy this. It's a whole lot easier to live life if you're not frustrated with everybody around you. How do you like driving in New York City? <laughs> See, you have to have long-suffering. Because the guy behind you thinks he ought to be in front of you. I told someone this one time. said, why is all the horns honking? I said, well, in New York City, they put this thing in the car that connects the stoplight to the horn in the car behind you. He believed me. (laughs) Until we got going down the road and I was driving. He said, there's nothing connected to the horn in this car. He said, you're doing it. I said, that's... That's New York. I've just acclimated to culture, right? So, but this idea of long-suffering is something that the Holy Spirit has to produce. It doesn't come from you. If you produce long-suffering in your life, here's what you become as a human volcano. Because one day you're going to blow your top. One day you're going to reach your limit. One day, something's going to happen and you're going to revert to the flesh. But if it's the Holy Spirit producing it, it's fruit. It keeps going. And it produces itself. Now, this next one, I don't think I'm going to do damage to the Word, but I think it's... Uh, something unique to the English language that can help us understand the word gentleness. I mean, when uh, we think of gentleness, 
we often think of little babies and little kittens and things, and you have to be gentle with the little animals or the little children, or you can hurt them. But if you look up the word gentle, it's the base of the word gentleman. And we really don't, uh, uh, in America, we don't understand this on purpose. We've gotten rid of different ranks and caste in society. But the word, gent- the word gentleness, um, let me just read it here, of persons well-born, belonging to a family of position, originally used synonymously with noble, but afterwards distinguished from it either as a wider term or as designating a lower degree of rank, also in heraldic use, having the rank or status of gentleman, the distinguishing mark of which is the right to bear arms, Uh, obscure and in archaic phrase, gentle and simple, gentlemen or gentle folks. Now, the ideal of the English gentleman is something that's been completely lost to our thought process in our society. But a gentleman was a man of standing. He owned the estate. Now, the estate, uh, I'm sure all of us have seen pictures of these castles and things, but it normally included the town in the proximity. The, The owner, the lord of the area there, he owned the land, he owned the city, he owned the commerce, and he had responsibilities. He was supposed to provide for all of those people. He couldn't just go out and give money to all of them. They were to work. They were to earn a living. And it was his job to provide an economic society in which people could provide for themselves and bring prosperity not only to their families, but to the gentleman, the owner as well. He was looking for income. If he had 10 or 20 farms in the area, and he would have a blacksmith shop and all of this. And this was the beginning of what we would know as English society. You see, this idea of gentleness is not just penting the fur the right way on the kitten. It has an ideal of doing what is best for the people around you without being a tyrant. You know, you can, you can get things done by yelling and screaming. Boom! Put your fist down. Uh, I love the way my pastor put it. He says, I'm the man of my house! Because my wife lets me be. You think that might be what this gentleness is talking about? Is... It's not only being kind, it's not only being gentle, but you have things to get done. You have, the gentleman had responsibilities toward those people that lived there, and if he did his job best, guess what? 
Not only did his wealth increase, but all the wealth of the people under him increased. Not only did his status of living maintained as the Lord of the area there, the people that worked with him. And this idea of gentleness is helping other people live their responsibilities for Christ. You know, we have this perverted, worldly idea. It takes a village. Oh, my blood pressure goes up every time I think about that. But that socialistic perversion of truth comes from a basis in the Bible that we are to be interdependent upon each other. Read Galatians chapter 6. We're to bear one another's burdens, but every man must bear his own burden. Read Hebrews chapter 12. We're supposed to lift up the hands that, that fall down. We're supposed to... Help those in the way. Well, that's what this gentleness is. It's being able to help others live the Christian life. You know what? It is easy to preach to a group of people who come into church prayed up and ready to hear. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, it is easy to preach to a group like that. I'll tell you, there's nothing harder than preaching to a group of discouraged, disgruntled... Uh, I mean, I've been in some churches, you just walked in, you could feel the cold. And I mean, it, it was... And I'm sitting here going, preaching, Yeah, see if you can fire them up about missions, brother. I said, I don't think I could fire this group up with a flame torch. Of course, you don't say that out loud, but... Uh, but this idea of gentleness, I'll tell you what, I've been with some people over the years that just encouraged me to serve God without hardly saying a word. Just being around them. That's gentleness, is it not? And it fits with this idea of being that gentle man that God uh, you know, it used to be when you said someone, well, there's a gentleman, what you were saying was they embody the best of what masculine mankind ought to be. That's what the word used to mean. And uh, there's no reason why it shouldn't mean that today. And we, we need to, but again, this is not something that comes from you. It's something that God, through the Holy Spirit, will do, will produce. I mean, if you plant a peach tree, what are you going to get? Apricots, right? No, if you take care of it and it grows and you keep the borers out of the root of the tree so that it produces, it's going to produce peaches. If the Holy Spirit has freedom to work in your life, Love, joy, peace. Hey, that makes you who you ought to be. Then, you can start reaching out. Long-suffering. Oh, I'll tell you what, I love to be around patient, long-suffering people. I hate to be patient and long-suffering with others. I mean, that's just human nature. But if you try to do it on your own, all you're going to get is frustration. 
if the Holy Spirit produces it, guess what? It'll keep going. And then this idea of gentleness. Being able to encourage others without having to have the whip of Pharaoh to drive them. And then we get to the next one, and we'll probably stop here tonight, goodness. The quality or condition of being good. Of persons, moral excellence, virtue. Uh, as displayed in one's relations to others. An attribute of deity. Infinite benevolence, desire for happiness of all created beings. Also the manifestation of this is what goodness is. I'm sure if you've gotten to church a little early, you've heard Stephen practicing on the banjo. He is trying. And we're trying to encourage him in that. But, you know what? You don't become a good banjo player in a week or a month or a year. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. And when I was practicing, and I would practice and practice, uh, I played the saxophone, and I, I'd just sit there and work and work and work, and I'd come in, and the teacher said, you know what? I said, you, you practice, but you practice wrong. And now you've learned it wrong. And now you're going to have to go back and unlearn the wrong, and then learn it right, and then get it up to speed. He said, you've just made so much more work for yourself. He said, practice doesn't make perfect. Practicing perfect makes perfect. He's an unsaved man, but he had a lot of wisdom, I'll tell you that. And this idea of goodness... I mean, if you've ever had to build something, I mean, we've had to build a lot of stuff around the church here. Trust me, it's not good. It, it looks good, and it works, and it's a whole lot cheaper than bringing someone else in to do a less good job, all right? Uh, but if you've ever seen quality workmanship, I mean, every joint fits together I've, I've watched guys build things and they don't use a nail. I say, how does it all put together? Well, they mortar some tin in it and it slides together and locks into place. And I mean, uh, in, I, I've got a whole box full of tools that uh, old brother Nielsen gave me one time. And you can actually put wood together and then carve all those beautiful moldings right into the wood. You can. I'm never going to. Takes too much time. But this idea of goodness is producing something that is good, used to mean excellent. Something that is beyond what is normal. You know what? God wants to make us good people. 
How many of you have ever heard the phrase, oh, they're just good people over there? Well, if we let the Holy Spirit work in our life, He wants to produce that. He wants the, the things that we do and the, and the way that we behave and, and, uh, and our character and who and what we are. I'll tell you, it's one way to show the world that we are different than they are. You know, it's got to be something that God does in our lives. If we're going to help other people, if we're going to put up with other people, And encourage them. That's the next step. In the way that is good. It's got to be a work of God. It's got to be getting out of the way. It's got to... I've got to get past who I am. You know, that's why we look at those first three. Love, joy, and peace. You know, love is the presence of God. You have God's love in your life. It's not a warm, mushy-gushy feeling inside. It's actually something that will help another person. Amen? Uh, I, I am so frustrated with good intentions. Because they don't go very far. Uh, in fact, most of the time, good intentions cause more bad things than just about anything I know. But if we get love, Guess what? Enjoy. That means I can still trust God no matter what's going on. And I can let God handle it. That's going to make me long-suffering. Because if I'm all wrapped up, in with, wrapped up in God, then other people can't bother me as much. Maybe that's what David, I believe David wrote Psalm 119, said... Uh, uh, oh, now I'm gonna. I can't get the first first quote. First part of the verse has just left my brain. I apologize. Where is it? Great peace, there it is. Have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm one nineteen one sixty seven. You know we. We should desire these things in our life. But the only way we're going to get them is by allowing the Holy Spirit to produce them. You know what? Fruit doesn't appear on a tree in a week. You get a blossom about this time of year, and then you get the little bud, and then you get the little miniature fruit, and then it grows, and finally it gets full size, and then it has to ripen. Before it's any good. Give the Holy Spirit some freedom and some time. And He'll produce some things in your life that will make you a blessing to others. And of course, if you aspire to the best things of the Scriptures, isn't that what what we want to do? We want to be a blessing to others. We want to help others. Well... If you do it on your own, guess what? You're going to run out of self. 
But if you let the Holy Spirit do it in His time and His way, guess what? There's some wonderful things that happen. And it's fruit. The seed is in it. It's going to keep going. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we just ask now that You would help us as we look at these fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, that You would work in our lives. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be able to give us that proverbial tap on the shoulder or uh, sometimes, Lord, just a good hard shudder to stop us where we are and, and to, instead of quenching the Spirit, let the Spirit work. We ask that we would see that fruit. Not so that we can look at ourselves, but so that we can look in greater appreciation to the Spirit that is within us. Lord, we're thankful that you don't use us or anything in us, that you give us a brand new life. And Lord, you've given us of your Spirit to live in us and to produce these things so that we could actually be a blessing to the world in which we live. We ask for your grace and your work in our lives. Before we finish that prayer, just give a moment. If you need to slip out, spend a few moments at the altar. It is open, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.